This episode of the podcast is brought to you by the conspiracy theory that G.I. Joe toys are actually made by the KGB. One of the things you learn after years of dealing with drug people is that you can turn your back on a person, but never turn your back on a drug. Especially when it's waving a razor-sharp hunting knife in your eye. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Roll the Credits, the podcast, the only podcast that is too weird to live and too rare to die. I'm Zach. And I'm upset. Yeah, I figured you would be. <laughs> and today we are here to talk about fear and loathing in Las Vegas. Yeah, we are. This was a weird one. Yep. This was incredibly weird. I watched this movie twice Yeah, I watched to try and find any meaning in this. I watched this movie one and a half times, <laughs> and I couldn't get through the second part. I was just like, mm-hmm. I'm done. Like, it's over. Yeah, like, you you know what's going to happen, and you're like, what is going on? Yeah. Uh, I have some things to say, though. I um, do, too. But, Zach, give us a rundown of who's in it, and then I'll try to fucking cobble <laughs> together what the fuck this movie's about. <laughs> just scramble to find what it is. So, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas came out in 1998, directed by Terry Gilliam. You have Johnny Depp, who plays Raul Duke, and you have Benicio Del Toro, who plays Dr. Gonzo. And that's all that really matters. Yeah, you have weird you have cameo. You have Tobey <laughs> Maguire with, like, the worst hair I've ever seen. <laughs> like, from him to, like, yeah. Spider-Man, he looks awful. Yeah, but also he's supposed to look that way. Like, I, I guess get, so. Yeah, like, that's, like, what he's supposed to look like, but it's also just, like... He kind of looks like the Tiger King. Like, yeah, a little bit. Like that kind of hair, but also like balding. It's just like Yeah, weird. like I just don't get why like you had to go with that look for him. But uh, you also have Cameron Diaz, who is not needed in this film because nope. she's in it for a minute. Yep. And you really don't need her. Nope. And you do, also... I mean, do you really need anything? Uh, like, do you really need any of this movie? Like, <laughs> I think the saving grace is Johnny Depp and Benicio Del Toro. Yeah, yeah. And you also have Gary Busey in here. Yeah, because, you know, he's No insane. reason. Yeah, but he's insane. Yeah, he is. He talks to plants. Yeah. But w- don't we all? That's really... that. This is like the truest form of Gary Busey. Like, and <laughs> you it's not think ni- so? And it's not nice to say because Gary Busey is like insane. Like yeah, actually, actually insane. I mean, he got into... I think he got into like a motorcycle accident and then like he j- like it just fucked up his brain and like mm-hmm. he's just been like been crazy ever since. But like this movie is like the pinnacle of... Gary, Gary Busey. I always think of like the the commercial where he's like, "Hi, I'm Gary Busey, and if you're like me, you like talking to things." <laughs> Hello, tree. <laughs> Hello, remote. Yeah, <laughs> odd guy. Yep. Uh, and this is a movie about, I believe, a journalist and a and his like lawyer. Yeah. And and yeah. Uh, they they kind of just go to Las Vegas in search. What they claim is in search of the American dream, mm-hmm. but it's kind of just a series of them taking different drugs and having these different psychedelic experiences. That's why it's literally just two hours of Johnny Depp and Benicio Del Toro high on every single drug imaginable. Yeah. And I remember I texted you and you were, and I was like, my pick from, you know, for this week, my pick Mm -hmm. is X. Yeah. And you were like, all right, cool. He's like, you were like, I just watched uh, fear and loathing and it was fucking weird. (laughs) And it was literally just Johnny Depp on drugs the entire time. Mm -hmm. And I was like, all right, cool. Like it, I like weird movies. Like, and I've never seen this (laughs) film before. Mm -hmm. And I strongly dislike this movie. Like strongly, strongly. I mean, like there are some things about this film that I I do. I I actually have a lot to say about this movie. Mm -hmm. Um, And there are some things that I did enjoy and I and I did enjoy what I felt like the film was trying to say. Yeah. I know that it's based off of a book. Mm hmm. 
I don't know how faithful it was to the book if it followed it like, you know, pretty much like verbatim or if it was like kind of like taking, you know, it's. I think it took a lot of liberties in it it because it it originally had like a different director who couldn't get like everything off the ground from the book. And then Terry came in and did a lot of liberties with it. I'm pretty sure Scorsese was supposed to direct this. He was. He tried to and he just couldn't get it off the ground. Yeah. And that's weird. Well, it's weird. It's a tough movie because from like the i didn't do much research on this fi- on this film at all because i just didn't like care enough to <laughs> i literally did like i saw like i did, i looked up like a few little things and i was like mm-hmm. all right like what the fuck is this like like what is this based off of whatever it was mm-hmm. and from from what i can you know the film is or, or the book apparently is like very similar and like just it's all about psychedelic experiences all about just like them being high the entire time and I guess that's really hard to convey visually. Yeah. It's kind of like cosmic horror in a way. When I'm, when I say like, so like you're Choose very, in- your words well, wisely, well, I'm, just, I'm, I'm just saying that like, you know, like you're really big into like HP Lovecraft yeah. and like HP Lovecraft goes on these really like long, like vivid kind of rants about what the horror that these people are seeing. Mm hmm. And and the descriptions, but they're really it's really hard to convey that visually because yeah. it's so it's so hard to visualize something that you're is, not supposed to be able to visualize exactly yeah. right. So like, and I think that that's kind of like where this movie is like you know it it the the film is just all about like visual like you know it's all about like descriptions that's like what they're what they're seeing what they're experiencing, but that's really hard to convey in a film because it's such like a it's like an internal thing, you know, and it's yeah. like hard. And I, and I do think that this movie does a very good job, though, at disorientating, you know, disorientating and 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 making you feel as if you are on this drug with them and what they are seeing. I think that is the biggest compliment that I can give this movie is that watching it, I really felt like I was almost on the drugs with them yeah. because nothing made sense. Yeah. I mean, but, wh- where 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 I like kind of checked out was when Johnny Depp was at the bar and everybody just turns into like dinosaurs. Really, I actually and I was like, eh, I really eh, enjoyed that. The, part. I mean, it made me laugh. Like mm. it, it it did make me laugh, and I and, and I enjoyed it. But I like at that point, I was just like, all right, like this is nonsense. Like, yes, <laughs> the first thirty minutes, I thoroughly enjoyed this film, where it's Johnny Depp. Well, Duke and then Dr. Gonzo just, like, driving to Las Vegas, and you get, like, the backstory of, like, why they're even going there, and then they drop acid, like, on the way there, and then when they actually get to the hotel, like, he's seeing, like, the floor move, and, like, the the guy, like, his face change, and the lady, like, when she's breathing, like, her, her yeah. like, the sides of her neck are just opening up, yeah. and then when you get to, like, him looking around and seeing, like, all the dinosaurs... I was like, this is really cool because this is weirdly practical effects that I wasn't expecting, mm-hmm. but I always enjoy practical effects. So it was cool to see like this conveyed as like how badly he's tripping. Yeah. And then after that 30 minutes, <laughs> you, it, it kind of lost you. It really gets weird, especially too when they find like that little girl like later on. Yeah. And like Dr. Gonzo's just like on a drug trip with her. Yeah, and like it kind of leads you to believe like they're he was together. having sex with her. Yeah, but they don't quite tell you. But it's also like he's just he's like he's like naked, but just wearing like this. I don't even know what the fuck it is. It's like a 
kind of like a turban. All <laughs> it, it's like a fucking like he just took bed sheets and made like clothing yeah. out of it. Yeah, like it's just yeah, it's very odd. But like it, it's kind of like leading you to believe like oh, him and this under very underage girl are definitely having sex. Yeah, and it's weird. It's uncomfortable. It is, and then. Something that I like too, like I, I really liked when Duke goes to like the desert, and like he's he's seeing like this weird race that's going on. Yeah. And you have Rise of the Valkyries playing when he's in the jeep, and mm-hmm. like this truck just comes out of nowhere with like guns all over it. Yeah. I was like, this is a weird turn. Like, where are we gonna go from here? Yeah. And then it just becomes nothing. I mean, th- essentially, you have a film with no plot. Yeah. That. That is the biggest thing that I have going against and this. The, the thing about it is, so you have, right, like, that's kind of, like, where I have, a, like, a problem with it, is that, like, you have no plot and you have just zero character development. Like, yeah. there, are, there, is n- there is nothing about this movie that I think you could definitively be like, this is exactly what it's about. <laughs> like you know what I mean, and and but there is also uh, I think there is something that it is about, but I don't know. It's just so strange because it's like they just you, keep getting higher. Like yeah, like you 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 keep. There are movies that mm-hmm. I that I enjoy that don't have plots, mm-hmm. or the plot is very very thin. The most recent example that I can think of is like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Like Quentin Tarantino made a movie that really does not have a plot at all. And honestly, when I first saw it, I was kind of lukewarm on it. Yeah. And then I rewatched it and I enjoyed it a lot more. I'm still knowing a what lukewarm it is. on it. Understandable. But yeah, I mean, there literally is no plot in that film. It's literally just a hangout movie, right? You're with these two characters and you're just with them and they're just doing their thing. Yeah. But it's done much better. Another example is, and probably in my opinion, one of the best examples of a film that doesn't really have a plot that is considered one of the greatest films ever is 2001 A Space Odyssey. True. For the majority of that movie, there is no plot. Mm -hmm. I mean, until you get to the point where Hal is like reading their lips... There's no plot. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just monkeys. And, <laughs> Psychedelic and, fucking lights. Yeah, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just monkeys and, and, like, spaceships and people just kind of, like, living their lives. And you don't have a plot at all yeah. until you get to the point where Hal then becomes the antagonist. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay. But up, still, when there's no plot, I am really enthralled and enjoying 2001 A Space Odyssey. This film, I don't enjoy. I found this movie <laughs> just... So, like... I, I think that, like, what this film was trying to convey is, like, the American dream mm-hmm. and, like, where it goes to die, in my opinion. I mean, apparently, because I did a little bit of research on it. Apparently, this movie was supposed to be about the hippie movement failure and then Reaganism. And I just don't see that <laughs> whatsoever. So, like, where I was going, like, going was just, like, the American dream and, like, because, like, there, there is, like, certain, there are things in this film that I do think do a pretty good job of conveying an idea. Mm-hmm. And, like, you have, you know, when, when Johnny Depp's character is, like, at the casino and there's all of those guys, like, in suits and he's talking about how, how everybody looks like like a used car salesman from wherever they're from and, and they all look the same. And, and and you kind of have like these, all of these like old men who look like that they came to Las Vegas to, you know, they had like 25 grand in their pocket and they were Mm -hmm. looking to like, you know, flip it into like 10 million. 
and and in reality it's just everybody's just like going broke yeah and and I think that like there's kind of a cool thing happening there a little bit with like okay this is like uh, that's what it's about it's about it's about these people who want the American dream but then they go there and Las Vegas is actually just like sucking it out of them mm-hmm. and like that's where it goes to die and that's cool yeah like okay convey that more though. yeah like like please like elaborate on that more and then like also like excess like mm-hmm. this whole film is like for me I was like all right I think that this is also kind of trying to say like hey us in the western world are like we love we we are very materialistic and we just want more and more and more and more things mm-hmm. and I think that like that's like where this film does excel in a weird way like it shows you excess like specifically all of the drug use that yeah. that is happening in this film this entire film is literally based on like the excess of this drug use but it just becomes to a point where it's just tedious. Like mm-hmm. we're just nonstop drug after drug after drug after drug and and there's no break in between. And then I guess for some people that may be a positive for it, like that's like the point. But for me, I just found it like exhausting. And I'm just like after like like you said, like after the first thirty minutes, I'm just like I get it. Like yeah. where like what else can we like convey here? What else can we do that is going to show that there is more to this than just drugs More <laughs> another hour and a half of fucking confusion. Yeah. I will say though, the wardrobe for this movie, I, I really enjoy like whoever did the costume design for it. Mm-hmm. I really enjoy like what they did for Duke and, and Gonzo, like how they, they like show themselves Yeah, where it's just like Hawaiian shirts and like that weird, like top hat. And like Gonzo is just always wearing like, a shirt with like it just unbuttoned and showing like his incredibly fat belly for whatever reason Benicio del Toro gained 40 pounds for this film yeah just cuz and it, it really shows like this kind of like 60s hippie like just does not give a fuck going with the flow kind of look to them yeah which I thought was really cool and then like Duke especially like he he, he has like almost an iconic look to him with like the shorts and like the Hawaiian shirt and the hat and then like the cigarette with like the holder in it. Yeah. Like it almost becomes like something where if you haven't seen this movie, you could be like, Oh, I, I recognize that. Mm-hmm. But again, the plot wise is what kills me. Yeah. Something that I thought too, which in my opinion is a plus, but for you, it's going to be a, a negative. I know that already. <laughs> is the use of exposition in this film. Yeah. The movie is almost entirely exposition yeah. through Duke. Yep. However, I'm watching it and I'm like, I understand that this is exposition, but I enjoy it because it's almost like he's writing the the article as yeah. like we're seeing it. Yeah. So I, I, didn't, it, I actually it, didn't hate it as much as, as I because it's the only oh big surprise well, no it, it's just it's just like it's like the only somewhat normal thing about this movie mm-hmm. like it's the only thing that kind of grounds this whole like film yeah you know because it, it almost is like a sin city type thing of like marv like monologuing yeah, to himself yeah i don't know like and like i i kind of i texted you about it where i was like yo this whole fucking film feels like it's like adr yeah and <laughs> if you're not familiar with what adr is it's automated dialogue replacement which is basically like a director films a scene 
and then like they go back and they play it back and they're like oh the audio sounded like really shitty like mm. whatever it is so then they have like the actor go into the studio and then like re-record the lines and then they like use that audio that in the studio and then they you know kind of overlay it over the scene so it sounds like cleaner crisper whatever it is this whole film is like feels like that like the audio feels off yeah. and you you know like you mentioned it when you texted me you were like maybe it's like like to like disorient like, yeah and I, oh, maybe it's yeah, on purpose like yeah it probably is because i mm. do feel like as much as i didn't like this movie i think that this film was was made exactly as it was intended to be made yeah. like everything that was done in this film i think was done purposefully and the adr aspect i think was meant to disorient and whatever but i don't know it's just like a weird thing where it's like i i can appreciate what's going on and i and i kind of and i can appreciate like what it was like attempting to do Mm -hmm. and whatever but it's just like when you when when there's so much it's like too much of a good thing yeah like when you have so much chaotic editing and you have so much of really I would actually say that like, really good performances from Johnny mm-hmm. Depp and Benicio del Toro. Like I think they do a really really good job, oh, yeah. and they're Absolutely. they're really fun, and like and they like they are really just giving it their all. You could tell, mm-hmm. but I don't know. It's just not that enjoyable. Like yeah, I mean, I it's found too myself, much of a good thing. Like you said, like I I watched it twice to like really find like something about this film, and like the second time, like halfway through, I was like, oh my god, like there's so much left of this movie. Yeah, and. It, it's all just like nonsense, basically. Because I texted you, and I was like, "This is literally two hours of, a, of a two drug people trip. on drugs." Yeah, and I, I almost begged the question too. I don't know about you, like, do you actually think that Duke and Gonzo are journalist and attorney? Yeah, I really. I, I, I kind of almost feel, feel like, like in their heads they are. I feel <laughs> like in their heads they are because they don't really really explain it like what company he works for no. or like who he really like reports to or why even like your attorney is coming with you for all of this stuff like you don't need an attorney with you like 24/7 for these things of like advising you to buy like a convertible car for this yeah and it almost seems like they in my opinion it almost seems like they're drug dealers who get high on their own product and that's why they have so much money, but they're too far gone from the drugs. So they, they manifested like an actual job for themselves. Maybe. And, and like, I don't know, like if <laughs> I think of that, like it adds like a whole new dimension to this film Yeah. because that's actually progression of the story where they're not what they say they are. They're just really, really high all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And then you get like some kind of like, backstory other than like oh they just work for a journalist company but yeah. we don't know what it is or who they work for or yeah. why they do it or but why would they pick the argue, these two? i guess the only thing is just like that is a completely made up backstory from your own head yeah so it's like if that is true okay awesome but that's never conveyed in the film at all yeah. so what what we have is a random ass journalist and his attorney like bird box what, I don't I don't do like Bird Box, but if I think of it as a cosmic horror film where they're seeing creatures that make them go insane, ooh, it's a cool movie all of a sudden. Yeah. But that's not what the movie is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just, hey, let's look outside and there's something that makes us kill ourselves. Yeah, right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I think that there's a kind of a good movie underneath 
Yeah, there's it something <laughs> weirdly to be said about this film that like I it almost falls into like a cult classic type thing where it's like I hate it, but the more that I think about it, the more I'm kind of like hate loving it. Yeah, I love to hate it kind of. Yeah, like I, I, I love to, to love hate it. it. Yeah, exactly. Like I shouldn't like this film because it has like nothing really going for it. But then you have like really great shit like the practical effects and like just the drug trips and the disorientation that could have been meant and then two great performances from two great actors. Yeah. Yeah, it's it, this film definitely like I think sits in a weird a weird place. I think that there's people who would probably say that this is a masterpiece movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, like when I was mentioning like the ADR thing, I mean, you could argue that like us as, you know, people who who watch movies we're movie guys. We're movie guys. <laughs> like you have a very specific expectation of what a film is supposed to be, mm-hmm. how a film is supposed to be edited, how the how those like the audio is supposed to sound and all of that. And then this film kind of just takes all of that and throws it out the window. So I mean, you could make the argument that this is like a groundbreaking film, that this is this is a masterpiece film all of a sudden, right? Like this is a movie that is like going against all the rules and, and it's and it's like earth shattering to, to cinema. Frank, I need you to put your pants back or, on. <laughs> or you could say that it, it's it's, fr- it's just annoying and it's <laughs> yeah. frustrating and, mm-hmm. and whatever. And, you know, I mean, I think that like you kind of just it really depends on the type of film watcher that you are. I mean, like for me personally, I found this this movie is this movie's supposed to be like one long head trip mm-hmm. and I found this movie just one long headache. Like that's like, <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like yeah. that's kind of like what I found. It, it was just the visuals were were insane. Mm-hmm. The 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 ADR was just like like so noticeable that I had to imagine that it had to be done on purpose. Mm-hmm. But it was just like weird and annoying and and it's just too much for me again like i felt like this movie was just too much of of a good thing like yeah. it's one thing to have like a psychedelic experience and to convey that in in like a cool way but when your entire story and your entire 2 hour runtime of a movie is just nonstop of that it really just gets exhausting mm-hmm. and and it gets to the point where it's just like why am i watching this still why am yeah. I here? Like, what What are we doing? Like, It really could have been cut down quite a I bit. I mean, this movie could have been cut down a lot, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and and you still would have gotten the same end result. Yeah. I mean, like, really, at the end of this at the end of this movie, like, what was accomplished here? Like, w- nothing. Did, not- did we get any type of character development? Did we get a climax of a film? Which I guess there was kind of a climax that I actually enjoyed was like the last like real like heavy like psychedelic experience. Where oh, like, when he took like that that I don't know. I think it was like uncut ether or something. Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. And like Del Toro becomes like this demon. devil demon thing. It was really cool. It was really cool. And like for me, like that, I guess that's the climax of the film. That is like you know like what you're like leading up to. Mm-hmm. But what what do you have now after that point? You just have him waking up and like like what happened, and then he's like playing the thing on his like recorder of like what happened. He's like trying to piece together what happened that night, and then you kind of just left with like okay, I guess we're just gonna go hop back in the car and leave. Like yeah. I, I just I don't know. Like, like I'm gonna drive you to the airport, and then I'm just gonna drive back to California. Yeah, like <laughs> literally nothing is accomplished in this film, mm-hmm. and I don't know. 
but also like you were saying, like there's, there's still, there is a lot to like about it. Like mm-hmm. there are really cool scenes. There are really cool practical effects. The acting is great. Johnny Depp, I think is really just going like full blown, like, yeah. you know, insane, which he kind of needs to for this type of movie. Yeah. Like I've never been like a huge, huge fan of Johnny Depp, but I can appreciate yeah. like when well, he really goes full force. I've never it. been a big fan of Terry Gilliam. I mean, like in my opinion, I don't know if you're like familiar with like any of his other like films, but mm-hmm. like. He made like Twelve Monkeys and like oh, okay. with Bruce Willis and mm-hmm. like another movie that a lot of people think is like a sci-fi masterpiece. And for me, I just find it like another fucking headache of a film. <laughs> like it just, I just don't like it. Like mm-hmm. it's just another movie where I'm just like, uh, like too much. Like again, like we're we're here we are. Like I'm I'm over it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe I'm just not a big fan of like the style of Terry Gilliam. But like I guess I can say that I at least appreciate the insanity. Yeah, like at the end of the day, like I, I almost rank this like slightly higher than it should be. <laughs> I give this like 6.5 ether bottles out of 10. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just a weird, weird movie that I think is really, really hard to explain to somebody mm-hmm. why you enjoy it. Like if you're a person yeah. that really enjoys it, I think it's a hard film to say like, I, I really like this movie because of this. Mm-hmm. Because... I think if you showed it to like an average moviegoer, they would just find it weird. Uh, yeah, just weird and stupid. Mm-hmm. And imagine this being like the first movie that you actually like showed Jess. Yeah, right. Like, she would never I mean, watch. You're gonna love cinema. This this is this is like the pinnacle of cinema <laughs> right here. And then like really like breaking down like what like what this film is trying to say and all that, mm-hmm. and just being like you're 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 stretching here. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah, but, but at yeah. the end of the day, like it it has like a place. It definitely film. has a place. I don't. It's, it's not. I don't a, know if it's, it's not our a place, place. It's not a place in my house, but it, but it, it, it's a place. Somewhere. It can stay in the shed. Yeah, yeah. That's like you know. I wonder if like we were high and we watched this, would it help? Yeah, like that. That's like actually one thing that I was thinking about. Like, okay, like if you yourself were like pretty high, like would this film be like even more of a head trip? Like, would this be? Mm-hmm. Would would it increase the effects? I don't know. Yeah. But also, I don't care enough to to, to try <laughs> to do it because I just don't want to sit through it again. Like, yeah, it, it was. It's long. Mm-hmm. It is two hours, and you feel every fucking minute. And and like I said, with the film with no plot, it just makes it feel that much longer. Yeah, I don't have anything else to say about this movie. Uh, it's, yeah, it I mean, was okay. Yeah, I, it was. I think, it was good. I guess it's worth a watch, mm-hmm. but. If nothing else, for the actors themselves, yeah, I, I like think the performances. That, yeah, I think the, I think the two performances are really, really good. I really like, I, you know, my favorite scene from Benicio del Toro was when he was in the elevator with a knife. Oh yeah, I thought that was like pretty like <laughs> funny and like intense, kind of in a mm-hmm. weird way. And then like I thought it was actually like pretty comical when they're running back, they're running down the hallway, and and like uh, Raúl like locks him out, mm-hmm. and he's like he's like he's like knocking on the door. And he's like, you know, like, like, let me in, let me in. He's like, put the knife away. And he's like, I put it in my pocket. Like, come on, like, let me in. And like, and he lets him in. I thought that was like kind of like comedic. I like at the end when like they pretend to be cops when the the maid comes in. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, let's put her on the books. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like there are, yeah, again, there's like, there are things about this film to enjoy. Mm-hmm. But I think in its totality, at the two, at once you hit that two hour run, you know, runtime mark, you're just like, why did I watch this? Yeah. I guess I got a couple chuckles out of it. But I don't know. Shit happens. Yeah, it's just, it was a movie. Mm -hmm. It's definitely a film. Well, it's time for recommendations then. Yeah, Zach, what are you going to recommend? So, drugs. It is drugs. (laughs) (laughs) It's ether. (laughs) So, uh, I discovered like over this week, like a really 
cool band that like I didn't think that I would discover. Okay. I think I forgot what I was listening to. I think I was listening to like um, Harry Styles' like new album. Oh, no, Zach. no, no, I'm not gonna. Oh no, Zach. Hey, <laughs> listen, like Harry Styles may not be like the <laughs> the coolest thing for us, but like his his latest album is actually pretty decent. But like I listened to it, and then you know how like Spotify like will just play you something hey, that I recommended. Yeah, yeah. So. In that, I ended up finding a really cool kind of like indie rock, like surf rock band okay. called Peach Pit. Uh-huh. So what it is, is it's four friends from Vancouver, Canada, who did like a music project in high school, and it transitioned them into like actually making music together. Mm-hmm. So... They have two albums out now. Um, one is Being So Normal, which is what I'm recommending. I don't remember what the other one was because it wasn't that good. Honestly, <laughs> that's their yeah. like latest one. I didn't really yeah. enjoy that one. But the album Being So Normal is really cool because, again, it's like that indie surf rock. So like it's really kind of like mellow. Yeah. And then out of nowhere, it has like really kind of like psychedelic guitar riffs. Mm-hmm. And I honestly think that you would enjoy them. Um, specifically like songs, Alrighty Aphrodite. That was a really, yeah, it's a, it's a cool name, but like, it's a really cool song. And then drop the guillotine. Okay. Like just super mellow, but like at the same time, like you kind of like get yourself in like a day's listening to it. Yeah. Cool. So Peach, Peach Pit, Pit being so normal. That's your recommendation. That is it. Frank, what are we doing <laughs> next? <laughs> Uh, a film that does have a plot, um, and we need that normal character. <laughs> <laughs> At this point in time, we need that. Um, so my pick for next week is another A twenty four film, Ooh. Uh, and that's going to be Lady Bird. Okay, um, I've been wanting to check that out. Lady Bird's, I think, it's really cool. Um, you know, a classic coming of age tale. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you haven't seen it, watch it so you can listen in on the podcast and the discussion. Uh, Zach. Please take us out. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Now, Frank, we can't stop here. This is Bat Country. <laughs>